What's going on, family members? Welcome back to another episode of the Football and Chill Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. I got a great episode for you guys today. We're diving into not just college football, but the NCAA as a whole. Because if you haven't heard, which I'm sure you have because it's been a while since I've been on, a lot has gone on, a lot is going on right now with the NCAA in regards to student-athletes. Sometime last week, maybe the week before, a, a group of, of people in the NCAA approved the idea of maybe one day letting student-athletes get paid for their likeness and name. Which, if anybody who knows me knows that I'm a huge proponent of that. Because one of the biggest things about student-athletes is they bring in so much money just from the top two sports alone, football and basketball. They bring in billions with a B, with a big ass B. And these kids are, and and don't get me wrong, the kids aren't getting nothing. They're getting an education, kind of. Room and board. They're getting meals, which that just took effect recently within the last 10 years. It hasn't always been as good as it is now. One of the biggest things that that could lead to is a new NCAA football and basketball game, respectively. Now, the whole reason they don't make the games anymore, the last one was made in 2013 when NCAA 14 came out with Denar Robinson on the cover. The reason they stopped making them was because Ed O'Bannon played, I think, in the 70s or 80s for UCLA. And I think he was over at a friend's house. He was over at somebody's house. Their kids were playing NCAA and they were playing with a a classic, an all-time UCLA team, which had Ed O'Bannon. Now, it didn't have his name on the jersey, but it was definitely his number, and it definitely looked like him. He then went on to sue the NCAA for using his name and likeness without his permission, without financial compensation. Now, EA, who made the games, had no problem playing the athletes, paying the student athletes, paying the athlete students. I'm going to call them athlete students because, let's be real, in the eyes of the schools, in the eyes of the conferences, the ADs, the presidents, they're athletes first. It's the schools that did not want to pay the athletes. And they use this weird circular logic of they're amateurs. That's why we don't pay them. But we don't pay them because they're amateurs. And it's, and it just goes in a loop. The same, they're amateurs because we don't pay them. And we don't pay them because they're amateurs. But they're bringing in you billions and billions of dollars annually. Now, Jim Harbaugh, head coach of University of Michigan, actually penned a letter that came out earlier this week. There was actually, or, or it was late last week, that actually had some very good points. He, he seems very much for the players in all of this. Um, a couple key points about it was one, the biggest thing that I took away from it was if these schools really cared about their education, they would offer, it, it was basically a, a give and take. If a student did one year of college football, he would get an extra year of paid tuition after he was done with football or whenever he chose to go back to school and and do that. If he did two or three years, he would get another two years of paid education from the school after he was done with his football career. If you did four years, then you get an extra year. You don't get an extra four years. That'd be a whole master's degree after that. But you get a whole extra year as well to maybe finish a degree, maybe put towards your master's or or whatever the case. He actually proposed a five-year eligibility no matter what. 
You don't have to redshirt for it. You don't need to sit out a year. You don't know that you get five years eligibility regardless. Now, with that being said, we move over to basketball. And I know this is a football podcast, but all of it ties together. Zion Williamson, former number one, actually was just literally the latest number one overall pick. New Orleans Pelicans went to Duke. Was a massive star. His his signing was obviously front page news. It was on ESPN. It was on 24-7. Max Preps. Like where wherever this kid goes was an automatic national title contender. Ended up choosing Duke. Not really a huge surprise. And someone of his caliber, someone of his stardom just coming out of high school alone. There's there's always rumblings, there's always rumors, or oh he took money here and he took money from this place, and I bet you he got paid to go there. Most good players do. Let, let's let's be honest. Let's not let's not be naive to think that these coaches and ads and boosters are in it just for the betterment of the players to help them. It's completely selfless. No, we're not naive. We're being realistic here. Their job is to win games. And make money. How do you win games? Getting the best players. And in the sport of basketball, one player can make a make an entire team. LeBron proves that every four years when he leaves whatever team he's on at the time. And college basketball is no different. If you get the top player in the country, you're automatically a national contender. Duke is such a powerhouse, they normally get three of the top ten signs in the country and the reason that zion is back in the news for his time at duke mind you he was only there for a year been there done that done and gone and now in the nba has already done essentially a full season in the league he's back in the news for his time at duke because his former marketing agent gina ford is suing him and caa his his agency his representation for a hundred million dollars in loss of wages and damages and breach of contract Basically, what she is alleging is she had an agreement with Zion Williams and his family that once he declared his eligibility for the NBA, she would be his representation, something to that effect. Or she had some deal at the end of it. He goes and signs with CAA. He is now being sued along with CAA for $100 million. Now, what she is asking for is a bit of a weird ask. I mean, I'd rather have the money, but... And (laughs) this sounds a lot like blackmail and or extortion. Basically saying, I want you to give me $100 million or you can, quote unquote, admit that an actual NCAA certified agent provided benefits to not only Zion, but his family as well. And that includes money to his mother his stepfather and and even at espn there's a recording of adidas employees discussing that his stepdad was asking for stuff like a job money a house to sway zion to go to kansas because kansas isn't adidas school they're sponsored by adidas all their uniforms adidas so so adidas was trying to get his stepdad to kind of put a bug in his ear like hey you should go to kansas you should go to kansas you should go to kansas Nike was doing the same thing, allegedly. Allegedly. Nike was doing the same thing. 
According to this report, Nike paid Zion and his family, I think it was $350,000 or $35,000, one of the two. I can't remember off the top of my head. It was one of those two for him to play in their, their, their tournament when he was in high school and instead of Adidas. It was basically a competition back and forth between the two. And again, we would be completely naive to think that this stuff does not happen on a regular basis. It does. DeAndre Eaton did it two years ago. When it, that came out, that he was paid to go to Arizona. I'd be willing to bet money that a good amount of the top players, of the top prospects going into college, are paid one way or another. Whether it's cash, whether it's a house for the fam, a whip, something. One of the most infamous occurrences of that happening is near and dear to my heart was in 2005 when Reggie Bush's family got a house paid for by USC. Now he was forced to give up, you know, the Heisman. We, we gave up the national championship. And the thing that argued me about that, that whole thing was that Pete Carroll smelled danger. He knew it was coming. He got the hell out of Dodge. That's when he took the job in Seattle. Like a month or two later, these sanctions, USC gets hit with them sanctions. Now, the way that all of this ties in to football, this is it. This is effectively the beginning of the end of of the NCAA if they don't change. If they don't change. Now, it's been debated for years whether college athletes... Now, it's been debated for years whether or not college athletes should be getting paid in some capacity. Now, there's a lot of old heads out there that say... Nah, don't pay them. They get free education, get room and board, they get meals. Okay, yeah, they do. But but look at what they bring in, though. And for how long? For football, three seasons. You're looking at three years, a few hundred thousand dollars. Four if you're red shirt. Five if, you know, five at the max. A few hundred thousand dollars. When they bring in billions and billions of dollars for your school, for the conference, for the NCAA, for the athletic department, they're all taking a cut. They're all getting their piece of the pie. Why aren't the student athletes getting their piece of the pie? Three of the top five high school prospects going into college have chosen not to go to college, but instead... Go through, go through the new NBA G League route where they're, they're free to make money. They're professional athletes. They're free to sign endorsement deals, shoe deals. Now, it's not going to be every single kid coming out of high school is going to go this G League route. It's not going to be for all of them. Only the top of the top, only the best of the best are going to be able to make that transition. If this was an option 10, 15 years ago, someone like LeBron, I mean, he easily made the jump from high school to the NBA, no problem. But these kids who, let's be real, they're going to school for one semester. They're going to take cake classes. All they're worried about is basketball to do their one season, their one semester, jump to the NBA. 
Now with that, you're going to be taking bribes because these schools know they only got them for one year. Even though I don't agree with the one and done method of getting, you know, the top one and done players, because clearly that that hasn't worked. It's worked once when Kentucky finally did. And John Calipari is the king of one and done players. One and done, a group of one and done players, they don't win championships. There's no chemistry. That's why one year you saw Mercer was a 15 seed upset number two Duke. A second seed of Duke. That's why you've seen Kentucky only win one championship. That's why you see teams like Virginia last year winning the national title. Texas Tech was in there with him in the title game because those those kids have come up together. And then even after they take all that money, they go to the school for the one semester, they jump to the league. And then something like this happens. It comes out that they took money. They took improper benefits. The athlete suffers none of the consequences. It's always the school and the coaches, the ADs, anybody associated with the school, the leadership levels of the school face the consequences. The athletes do not. They face none of them. Even the very little bit of consequences that they do sustain, nope, nobody cares. Like Reggie Bush. Yeah, they, air quote, stripped him of his Heisman. Everybody still knows who won the Heisman in 05. They stripped us of our national championship in 04. So on paper, that, that year is vacant. But we still know who won the national championship in 2004. So it doesn't really matter. Those ones don't really matter. If Duke had won the national championship with Zion, and then they told Duke, hey, vacate your national championship. Hey, Zion, vacate your ring, your national championship ring. You technically never won it. He's going to look at him and say, okay, but technically, yes, the hell I did. That's still my ring. Still got videos. We did it. Now, that's not the case, but the point is the kids don't suffer any of the consequences. The schools do. The schools are the ones taking all the risks. Even if stuff comes out while the kids are at school, like the kid in Memphis with Penny Hardaway, how Penny Hardaway helped his family move. He carried a couple boxes for them. So that's an improper benefit. He was suspended. He was only going to be there for one season anyways. Okay, and... So you suspend him, cool, whatever. Jump into the league. That That's it. That's the end of that. It's a joke. The NCAA is in trouble if they don't change their ways. The NFL, and, and the NFL should be headed to something like this. And it really upsets me that the XFL didn't last. The XFL chose a time to try to restart as... A, not a competitor, but a true-ish farm system to the NFL. Not like the first time where they tried to be a legit competitor. They were trying to stay within their within their lanes while still giving us something different yet eerily similar to the game that we love. The XFL could have been a great opportunity for the kids coming out of high school. The kids who maybe didn't have the grades to get a D1 scholarship, to get a full scholarship for the kids who grew up in the projects, who grew up in the hood, who are just trying to get their family out of a bad situation. 
even if the NFL stuck with their three years out of high school rule, you got to spend at least three. You cannot be eligible to be drafted unless you spend three years out of high school. And it doesn't mean you have to go play college ball. All that means is you graduate high school three years later, you're eligible to be drafted. We're all as long as you have spent at least three years out of high school, we're all eligible to be drafted into the NFL. And will that happen? No, it won't. But we are eligible. We could also sign as free agents. But the point being, people like Kenny Robinson, who played with the St. Louis Battlehawks in the XFL, was kicked out of West Virginia in 2018 after his sophomore season. He was not a redshirt sophomore. He was a a true sophomore, which means he still had college eligibility remaining. He didn't have to go. He could not go straight to the NFL because, again, only two years out of high school. So what does he do? He goes to the XFL. Balls out. One of their best defenders gets drafted in the fifth round by the Panthers. Even with the NFL keeping their three-year rule, that gives the XFL three years with these players, with these kids coming out of high school. To give them a chance to make money while playing professionally and perfecting their craft for three years. That, that eliminates the problem of the, the fear of them getting hurt if it is a true farm system to the NFL. In a sense of I know they were afraid with the AAF and the XFL that if the NFL lent their their, you know, the bottom of the roster, their practice squad, their final, you know, guys 45 to 53 to the AAF and the XFL, they would end up getting hurt, which, yeah, that's, that's a logical fear. But if you're able to get these kids for three years, that's going to do wonders for your game. And then they can, then they can go and get drafted into the NFL. Maybe it becomes a, a true reform system. You never know. You, you can you can argue that these kids don't need to get paid because they get enough. Whatever. I, I don't really listen to that argument. Because according to Business Insider, Alabama, a football player at the University of Alabama, Crimson Tide, where Nick Saban coaches, where they're national title contenders every year, the average football player is worth $545,000. Now that's average. That's including Tua Tagovailoa and the third string walk-on kicker. And that's second. That is second to the University of Texas. Their average player is worth $666,029 on average. And again, that includes, I think his name is Sam Ellison, the quarterback. To their walk-on kickers. You're telling me these kids are worth this much? And they're getting a few hundred thousand dollars? In tuition, room and board, and food at best? That's if they stay three to four, five years? The NCAA is broken. And I think this is what it needs to change and fix what they need to fix to be able to keep everybody happy as best as they can. Otherwise, another league, especially in the NFL, will come up and 
and offer those high school students a chance to play football professionally, get paid while doing it, and still going to prepare them for the NFL. Because ultimately, that's going to be the goal is to get to the league still. A new football league will be able to do that. Again, while still letting them get paid, still prepping them. And and the NCAA, if they don't change, if they don't allow these players to make money off of their own likeness, off of their own image, this is the end of, of the NCAA. Because tell me what profession in the entire world will not allow you to get paid off of your own name. Me, me being in the Navy, in the military, if I were to make money off of this, the Navy could not tell me anything. The Navy could not tell me, hey, you're already receiving a paycheck from us. You can't do that on the side. Yes, I can, because it's my name. It's my likeness. It's my thing that I'm doing, especially if they were making money off of what I was doing. Name me a job in the entire world that makes money off of you, but doesn't let you make money off of your name and your likeness. None. Zero. There's none in the world to do that other than the NCAA and their ass-backwards logic. That's all I got for you guys today. Let me know what you think. Let me know your thoughts on all of this. Do you think NCAA players should get paid, whether from their likeness or name or from the schools themselves? Do you agree with student-athletes taking money under the table for their one semester of college? Do you think that they should not be paid? Do you think they get compensated enough, the free education, the room and board, blah, blah, blah. What do you think about Jim Harbaugh's proposals? Let me know about everything that you think. And if you like this episode, please like, please subscribe, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on Anchor, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from, please subscribe, share it. Give me a rating if you're on iTunes. If you listen on iTunes, give me a rating. It doesn't have to be five stars. Be whatever you think realistically you you truly believe i deserve leave a comment share with your friends That's, that's the best way for me to get this out share with your friends ask them what they think let's start a conversation as always thanks again for listening i love y'all stay safe out there i'm out